The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to my classroom. Each week, I am providing a classroom with the Sharon Kleina Hour, the Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleina. I chose long ago for my radio talk show to be the only global green talk, environmental concerns show about what is the crisis. It's the water. The water is the power of all earth. It's the only radio talk concern about water. And the guests that come on every week are absolutely knowing They're coming on with a life to save a life show. And around the world, the water has been in research from the beginning of time. I have been studying water for 30 years, and I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research and Technology. We're the only water research technology center like it in the world. We're learning more about dehydration of the body and the air and what is causing it. So the show surrounds a direction of knowledge and study together, and I want you to learn when you come to listen to the show and listen to our guests, we're all studying together to discover what can we each do to save a life? Can we save our own life? Earth has secrets. It is embracing your life in the water, and you will be healthier, plain water. So you can discover how and why we can each save a life and our planet Earth by learning more about what, what is it about the life in the water? And recently we had a Nobel Prize winner in chemistry on, and he said, the professor said, it's the water, and the water, the life in the molecule, the water is the most important fascination discovery of all mankind, all life on this earth, but it is the water. The air you breathe must have humidity. It's called by scientists around the world, the fluid, that you can't see it in the air, but there's a fluid there that must keep you alive and keep you healthy. You must have it. Now, do you have that indoors? Oh, no, you don't. It's the forced air, heating and cooling and insulated windows and wall, took that right out of the air practically, and you don't have enough. That became also a concern for me, is what is happening indoors in modern energy saving. Learn to think more and discover more and listen to our show and learning about that also. Earth has been whispering moisture is for life a long time. I'm going to define dehydration for you. From the moment you were born, oh, and by the way, I say this every show, I'm going to remind you of something, and every scientist all over the world, I'm challenging on this one. 
the moment you were born, you entered the air you breathe in a delivery from a pocket of water that you were carried in up to nine months. Your whole nourishment of life was water. In the womb, when the organ of the eye and the brain began to to, uh, function, they were connected together. So the eye and the brain go together at the same moment. The skin begins to form as your dam and your protector. You have an eyelid to cover the eye. But when the eyelid is open, the eye organ is the only organ exposed without skin over it. Stop and challenge that with research. The moment you were born, there were no two eyes alike, no two skins on the complexion alike, no two skin, uh, uh, fingerprints alike, and much more. So there was a lot of decision made at that moment with dehydration. Have we been studying it enough? No, we haven't. I'm challenging that. Shall we discover that life in water, that life in water will have a better health? And there is another one I call the universal lens. That's your eyes. Your eyes are vital to your whole health when that eyelid is open. of the earth is salt water, but we're not made up of salt water from the outside. When you perspire, that's toxin. Only 2.5% of the earth is in fresh water, and we thrive on it. Every five seconds, somebody is going blind. That's a crisis. People and animals are dying because we did not focus on the primary life in the molecule, in the species of the water. And by the way, National Geographic had a a, a project saying long ago, water is a species. Well, water is a species. It's life. So let's learn more together and understand how we can have a cause, a crusade with this show, and save an eye and save life about learning more about our lives. We've had 124 guests on our shows. They have been guests from scientists, authors, research physicians, from NASA, U.S. Geological Survey, United Nations, Water Research Foundations, Nobel Prize winners, authors uh, of of research that has been discovery of, of enormous amount of excitement. Let's join together and learn more with our guests. Our guests are very special. They're going to try to save a life and save an eye. Today we have Mark Grossman, uh, who's a doctor of optometry, who has been in medical research and learning more about natural eye care, and that's an excitement to me. I think you've got to learn how to be naturally learning how to be proactive with your health. Our second guest is Calvin Weissner, Ph.D. He's an author and speaker. And the topic will be global warming, which will be exciting because today they're having in Copenhagen the beginning of the global warming talks. We're going to listen to our sponsor first, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only natural method to moisturize the eye that is so important to the depletion of eyesight is your nature to the eye, moisture. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Dr. Grossman. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world 
comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today, Dr. Mark Grossman uh, is an optometrist, is going to be our special guest, and he's a medical director uh, at a clinic. And his topic has always been, it sounds, in his research, natural eye care. And that's an excitement to me. And I want you to join our classroom and learn what you can about what is the eye. Dr. Grossman, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I want to thank you for taking time. I know how busy you are with patients, our doctors that join us. It means you're leaving us some patients to do this, but it is important. Maybe we can save an eye today. Great. Tell us uh, about yourself and how you ended up in natural eyes research. Uh, basically, I've been in practice for 30 years. This is my 30th year of practice. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> when I first got uh, into eye care, I had to follow the, the philosophy that I follow in my life, not to treat symptoms, but to treat the underlying causes behind that. Good for you. I, I, I want to say a... something to our listeners on what you just said there, Dr. You are absolutely smart because that is what it's all about. Uh, we had a Nobel Prize winner with us on Monday, and he used the term be smart because there's underlying symptoms that cause the beginning of something. Um, and when you were learning about what the underlying causes are, let's go forward because we need the uh, listeners to think that's what our classroom is all about, doctor, is learning what causes something. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. And what happens is is that in our medical and optometric training, we are trained fantastically on how to measure things and how to treat different diseases and conditions of the eye. Mm-hmm. But the question is, why? What, are we treating numbers or are we treating the person behind the numbers? So people come in and they might have cataracts or they might have glaucoma or they might have macular degeneration. And we're trained very well on how to treat that. But the question is, why? Why does that person get a cataract? Or why do they get it in their right eye but not their left eye, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to try to treat it with medications or prescriptions or glasses wasn't enough for me because that's how I lived my life. Uh, I mean, I do nutrition myself. I exercise. So I had to have my practice be a reflection of who I am. Mm-hmm. So... I um, started off my practice primarily 30 years ago in vision therapy, 
trying to get to the underlying patterns behind vision conditions. Now, you say vision therapy. Uh, let's say, and you're the professor in our classroom today. You're the teacher, I mean. And so when you say vision therapy, what were you thinking way back then? Because now I've been behind understanding and studying what is the therapeutic uh, method from birth of teaching our families and each individual who has two eyes about what vision therapy is? Right. When my idea of vision therapy was 30 years ago, is even much different than it is now. See, in Western medicine, we look at how does X cause Y. In Chinese medicine, where I did my further studies becoming a licensed acupuncturist and going to acupuncture school for three years, we're looking at is what is the relationship between X and Y. So I believe that all dis-ease in the body, in the mind, has to do with issues of relationship. relationship oh, it is true. That is Relationship so true. to our, our different organs, relationship to our environment, relationship to our... Uh, and have you noticed that that has not, you know, um, I'm going to be jumping out into the world more but, uh, because I've had the most wonderful guests on, Doctor. I mean, absolutely, prestigiously, sincerely trying to save lives. And you look at what is what has happened here. Research forgot the nature of what causes the original symptom. Correct. And it is, it's sad because we're going around uh, spending an enormous amount of money uh, forgetting about from birth. The original symptom. Correct. Yeah, it comes. Okay, I'm just, sorry. Go forward. You're. you're yeah, we I'm just following had a you. New, we just had a newborn baby uh, in our house just uh, last week. Oh, and, congratulations! And you know, I heard you talking a lot about water. So you know, we oh, yeah. made sure we had water. But we had a tub, and you know how how we come into the world, how are we interact, everything. Now I'm going to ask you. You had a newborn baby, and you said you had a tub. Explain to our audience what you meant when you said you had a tub. Oh, okay. Well, we converted a hot tub into a, um, a birth tub so that the um, mother could labor in the birth tub and hopefully, you know, sometimes give birth in the tub. Uh-huh. Um, so that actually our So that when the baby comes out of the mother's water, it's entering into water. Correct, correct. Oh, I am with you. Let's go together, world. Let's get this understood that dehydration, life, and begins to diminish at birth from that water. Okay, go forward. I'm I'm really fascinated. I heard you talking so much about it from well, you must have been so many visions today because I'm um, last week we talked about it and and I said to the professor who's so famous, I said, you know, uh, the moment you're born, da da, and I said, do you remember? Uh, when you were born, you were never taught. And I said, I wasn't taught. And then later on in a conversation, he said, sure, and we remember, we don't remember our birth. <laughs> and uh, isn't it sad that from birth, we're taught like we're dummies. In other words, you have to have that severe dehydration, and nobody wants to study it. That's 100% correct. I mean, that's why education <laughs> is power. Me. Knowledge is power. And education is how we make sure. Can I say something again to interrupt you? Common sense is power. Correct. <laughs> Right, and it's like the, the professor said last week, let's be smart. I said, common sense. Uh, my gosh, scientists, just join together all over the world and think about the common sense of beginning a birth and the dehydration serious crisis that's going on with lack of 
of education, understanding, and research. Okay, now let's go forward into the human eye. You believed in eye therapy 30 years ago. So what is the difference between what you were doing then and now? Well, vision therapy has been around since since the Egyptians mm-hmm. and has been in, involved in a um, <laughs> behavioral optometry in this country. Now, what is 19- vision therapy, real quickly, so we can uh, Vision audience. therapy is a series of visual therapeutic exercises to help the eyes become ad- very much more adaptable and flexible. Now, is that kind of like a rapid eye technology? No, no, no. it's... it's, it's Eye muscle, it could be called eye muscle training. But remember, the eye physiologically, neurologically, and embryologically is just an extension of the mind. You mean the brain? The brain, right. But our our famous Nobel Prize um, winner in chemistry said last week, he said the doctor, uh, the professor said that the brain and the molecule has life. That's right. And, of course, as you know well, that in the womb, the eyes and the brain connect together. Now, doctor, that hasn't been studied enough to me. But let's go forward. We're going to have a moment with our sponsor here in a minute. And uh, now you mentioned something about the eyes and the mind, and we'll call it the brain, have a connection there. What did you learn with eye therapy? Well, eye therapy means that we train the eye-mind connection to get the eye muscles more flexible and adaptable so that they can see better. I, I myself improved my vision 70% from what I was when I was in third grade. So we work with uh, children, with adults, helping with eye turns, helping with focusing problems, helping with Okay, myopia. let's come back and we'll do that one. And I have to tell you one, I truly believe in what you're doing, and I've studied that, by the way, very thoroughly. And I'll tell you a little bit about myself in a minute when we come back. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only natural method of moisturizing the eye for the tear film uh, with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. And Dr. Grossman, uh, we were talking about the nature of the eye. I call it nature's universal lens. Uh, the eyes. 
and uh, what is happening uh, that people have not been educated from birth and then not educated today about what the therapeutic benefits of uh, eye exercise. I'll, if you don't mind, I'll call it eye exercise. Uh, could you tell us more? Yes. Um, the, remember, the visual system is how we take in maybe 80% of what we learn today. And with computers, with cell phones, we're, we're constantly putting our visual system under stress. Yes, there's we a, are. There's, there's a reason why, you know, you, you look at accountants and, you know, it seems like, you know, nine out of ten accountants may need glasses because they do close work all day. But, you know, so few farmers need distance glasses because they look on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Function affects structure. How we use and abuse our eyes in today's society affects what happens to them. Well, our indoor conditions. Oh, my and God. Now, you mentioned the farmer. The first thing I thought of when I started studying over 30 years ago. Now, my research went into the human skin first, Doctor, and got a handle on research, what research had not done with the human skin. Then I was asked by ophthalmology research if I would study years ago, oh, well, over 12 years ago, if I would understand uh, what's happening to the dehydration of the eye. And when I got into that, I was so surprised that the indoor conditions, when they got energy conscious way back in time to save money, what happened to human life is that the insulated windows, walls, and then they came along with forced air, heating and cooling, and all the chemistry indoors is a pit. Oh, it's yeah, a dehydration that's... pit. So when you mention the farmer, at least he's outdoors. He's got a little chance with his life, even though he's under the sun and the climate changes there. But then we've got the indoor conditions of the accountant who's sitting behind a computer, number one. We weren't made for the computer. Computers were made for a man. Um, and then all of a sudden they're sitting there with all those conditions of dehydration. So teach us what... The therapy side, though, let's say we have all of our listeners, and our, our listeners are very intellectual people listening. Um, what, do you, what would they do to learn how to have eye therapy cause, uh, during the day so they could do something for uh, the nature of their eye for therapeutic reasons? Right. I mean, just briefly, because we're talking on conditions from nearsightedness to farsightedness to macular degeneration to glaucoma to cataracts. I was going to bring up macular. Yeah, that macular degeneration is out of control to me. Yeah, I mean, there's an epidemic. There know, is. It's, it's sad. It's a, it's a, you know, we're, you know, in, by the year 2030, over 35 million people will have macular degeneration, and it's, it's the t- primary cause of irreversible blindness in this country. Mm-hmm. And we try to treat it with medication. I'm not saying medication isn't necessary, but remember, the eyes is just a reflection of the whole body. Well, it's been the lack of education. Right. So We're back to that. Know, we need you and I and the doctors and everybody who's ever come onto this show through the year, it's a period of time, have all said education from birth on the eyes and more. Now, how would they, let's say, during the day, get a therapeutic exercise and teach their children how to do it from uh, young, young enough, because they're going to sit at a computer. Uh, right. I mean, I'm calling that uh, the Internet to Adventure Earth Information Highway, but you have to use nature's universal lens, the eyes. <laughs> right. I mean, to take that into consideration, of course, I mean, so besides, you know, that's, I mean, going back to education, then I'll give you a couple exercises. Okay. That's why, 
you know, I've written, you know, many books on education and therapeutic things for the eyes, and I developed a 300-page website on education for the eyes to let people know what to do that has these free eye exercises on them where they mm-hmm. can see them in video. Okay. Because it's one thing to tell you, but people can see them. Good. But, but <clears throat> just, and, and especially like the magic eye pictures, which I've helped, you know, work with that company where you relax your eyes and you do mm-hmm. it on the computer. But the main thing that people have to do is, this, as you said, be smart, be simple, you know, if you are using your eyes in an extended period of time at one distance, let's say on the computer, mm-hmm. make sure that you shift your eyes from near to far. Now so, help us understand what you just said. So let's say you're working at the computer and you've been working on the computer for five minutes. Make sure that you look over the computer and hopefully out a window if possible as far across the room as you can. Okay, so you're saying an exercise that when you're staring at a computer more than five minutes, take a second and stare another direction for a moment. Right. And remember, as we all know... In other know, words, I'm sitting talking to you and I'm, I'm looking at a computer and my right. eyes are looking at that artificial light, which isn't nature to our eyes. Well, that's and then within story. five minutes or so, try to get a habit of staring, uh, uh, looking away and staring away. Not just looking, but also staring. No, no, I wouldn't say staring because the main thing when we shift our eyes is we've got to remember to breathe. Okay, and when then people we're breathing. stare, they tend to not breathe. Okay. So, so I, have a, I have a little mantra here called the three Bs. Breathe. Breathe. Link. Link. And beam. What I mean by beam is when you make a little smile on your face, Okay. you can't tense your eyes up. So like blink, blink, blink. Breathe, breathe, and beam, which beam. means like smile. Okay, so audience, what they learned how to breathe not long ago uh, on here by breathing in and letting it out through the mouth. So in other words, uh, I'm going to be looking at the computer, and then right. I'm going to look at the computer, and I'm going to um, beam. Right. I'm going to... Uh, look away, and I'm going to breathe in, breathe out. And blink. And then I'm going to blink my eyes uh, to add to moisturize them. Yeah, yeah, to moisturize moisturize them. And, of course, we are teaching to every once in a while, four times a day, add a nature series eye mist, which is a natural method of moisturizing the tear film. Right, exactly. Every once in a while, like four times is all. Yep, yep, just blink, breathe, and beam. And And then if you want to give yourself a break, use that nature's mist eye mist. That's a great product to help oxygenate the eyes. It is. It is because because our indoor our indoor uh you know especially in the winter here in the northeast we tend to get dry due to our heating systems. Well, when I was brought in to study years ago, um I had been so uh, my knees were shaking about my discoveries in the human skin doctor and I had learned that the air is causing the skin to become too tense. Oh, People yeah. wonder why they're under so much pressure and get mental exhaustion and mental um, unhealthiness and stress, it's, we're in, living in too dry of air for some people, and you don't know which one it is from birth. Then I learned when the eyelid is open, the tear film over the lens goes into exhaustion the moment you were born because it went into a trauma of how do I pull that much moisture out of my, the air so you have to go on overload with the, with the 80% moisture water in the brain. Correct. Yeah, and then and so that's why I came up and I said, well, I think I can help you with this with Nature Series Eye Mist. It's just a a tissue culture grade of water to supplement naturally. Now I know at one time they said if you brush your teeth, you could prevent cavities. Well, now we know if we brush our teeth, it will. 
And now we're learning that therapeutic eye exercise is important. And I'm saying that replacing lost moisture because of the air is a must, a must. Oh, yeah. Just the way we have dental hygiene, we need visual hygiene. We need that. Yeah, thank you. And from a, from a nutritional standpoint, from an oxygen... We've invented a lot of things in our lives, through the lives, all of us, and, and throughout the world. But the inventions of dental, the invention of the skin, and invention of the eyes is now being challenged because we need to learn and tell the world to join us. Let's save an eye. And let's decide, uh, doctor, maybe uh, people like yourself, and let's join together with blogs and and understanding, I just started a new blog called uh, "What Is the Eye," hmm. and we should, we'll blog. We should have that on our website. I know. I'm going yeah. to have fun with this one, audience and doctor. I, they said, you know, Sharon, you've got to get to blogging. And I said, well, we, you know, I'm running a company. Hmm. And they said, well, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And doctor, I, I, we're starting it. It says, "What is the eye? What right. you don't know about your eyes." Then we go over with the theme, the Internet to Adventure Earth Information Highway is a revolution, but we know you're looking at a computer, and we know, we know you're staring at it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And your eyesight is blurry. Now, I don't care what anybody says. You could walk up to your computer for the first moment of the day, and within moments your eyes will start getting blurry because they do get drier. Oh, yeah. I mean, they even have a diagnosis code now called computer eye strain. I mean, it's... it's computer it's, eye syndrome, yeah. Right, computer vision syndrome. It's, now, it's, let's uh, teach it's, people it's, it's, about yeah. the eye therapy, though, because I think you're very important to saving eyes and learning more. Um, and I really want to push what you're doing there, because that's the nature of what I've been studying for a long time, and I like with the fact that you've gotten out and published and written. Now, um, when a person learns, let's say they have a child, a little one, and they want the little one to learn more about the eye. How would you approach that? Well, how are you going to approach it with your baby when the baby about? gets old enough? Pardon me? How are you going to approach this with your newborn baby when the baby gets old enough? Oh, I mean, I have a four-year-old, too. I mean, how to teach them about the eye or, te- or yes. simulate their visual system now? Yes. Yeah, well, <clears throat> first of all, I'll say that, that vision is our is our primary way of connecting with the world. It's the only. Right. I'm going to well, say only. It's not the only. I mean, because you can connect. Now, well, the reason I say only, it's because the eyes are the lens. And Correct. it's your everything to do with your emotion connected to your brain. Now, I'll, I'll put it first. It's first to me. Yes, and, I, it's the primary sense primary. modality in the brain. Okay, there we go. <clears throat> so as the primary sense modality in the brain, we can use that as a way to learn, to process, to connect with people. Remember, the, in Chinese medicine, we say we see the shen, the spirit, in the eyes. Mm-hmm. So we want to use our eyes in many ways from an emotional standpoint, from a uh, visual processing, from a learning standpoint. If you can use vision as a way of learning, it will make your uh, learning speed, reading speed, memory a hundred times greater. It's just a great tool to learn. So I will, you know, teach my children, you know, to do art, to, to create things, to close their eyes, to visualize, to um, see the world in different ways, see things from different perspectives, you know, you know, look at, go to art museums, 
or anything that's visual and then shifting colors, colors of frequencies, colors are so powerful in terms Isn't of Isn't that exciting? You just did something. We had a doctor on uh, from China, and she's very well known, and uh, Dr. Ellie Chow, and she was telling us about the Chinese uh, uh, for so long, long ago, their uh, outlook on nature's health and the nature of you. And something about the nature of the eye, what do you think happened in your thinking happened to the nature of the eye? Because they dove into uh, the heavy eye drops, the heavy concentrated eye drops, the chemistry. And, and doctor, the people are not using them the way they're recommended. They're overusing eye drops. Right. Eye drops were intended to trap the moisture, to slow the moisture loss down, to back up nature's moisture. Instead, it's dehydrating it. That's right, and that's why, especially with the preservatives. Oh, it's, it, it's just absolutely, they can call it natural anything they want. Uh, now, Nature's Herozyme is, is uh, all natural tissue culture grade of water with no preservatives. It's all natural. It's the only right. green natural product in the whole wide world in the eye category. But when you think about what people are doing to their eyes today, and you say that in uh, two, uh, 2020, uh, or to, was it 2030, there's going to be 35 million people. Now, right, every five seconds, somebody is going blind on the face of our planet. Right. What is the crisis? Number one, water. Number one. Uh, it's always going to be the crisis to me, and uh, as far as uh, what's important for life and death. But then I came along, and audience, you need to hear this. Your eyes. You need to listen to Dr. Grossman. Um, and doctors like Dr. Grossman, there is a, a, from birth, you have to learn how to take care of your eyes with nature. Before you turn to the eye drops, before you go into anything at all, with, uh, learn your therapeutic methods of eye care. And, and another one, doctor, is sleeping. Oh my God. Tell us about how important that is to the eyes. Oh, well, first of all. The earth goes to sleep. First of all, if you don't sleep five straight hours, your body produces 30% less of uh, adrenaline. So your, your kidneys, your adrenals are, are, on overload. are on overload if you don't get sleep. I, and I can't tell you how many of my patients, many of their conditions are due to both dehydration and poor mm-hmm. sleep. So I have to work, and this is something I was not taught in, in optometry school, that I am, I'm talking to at least half my patients about their sleeping, about things they can do to sleep. Oh, and eating, dark, and eating, green vegetables, and, dark. And, 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 and you said about water. I mean, you can use the tears mist, but are they drinking enough water? And the problem is, is that in actuality, our bloodstream can only handle being diluted about four ounces at a time. So people go and they drink 16, 30 ounces of water, but that, you know, that makes it uh, stresses out their kidneys. So they need to drink water throughout the day. Try to drink at least a a glass of water every hour. Just not sip it, just drink it. A little glass of water. And then when you're getting up at night, now we only have a minute left. How would you like to uh, leave our audience? And I would like to have you back because there's some education here that could save some eyes here. Uh, That is very unusual that I want to thank you for. You're a mission person to me. uh, what would you like to leave your audience well, with? I, want, I want them to go to your website to yeah, learn. Which is www.naturaleyecare.com. We do free phone consults. We do free email consults. I want to educate the public on nutrition, on lifestyle, 
You know, smoking dehydrates, what they should do in terms of exercise, physical exercise, eye exercise. We have lots of information about that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to thank you for, you know, sharing, letting me share the information that I'm passionate about. Well, you are. With other people. And um, well, my grandmother, my with grandmother that baby. lived with me uh, when I was growing up, went blind from glaucoma. So wow. I've made it my own personal uh, mission that I would try to save people from being blind. And Let's blind. save an eye together. Yep. Let's all great. do it together. And you know what? If we're going to save an eye, I know we're going to get serious about earth and the moisture and the water. Because you know, the eyes of the world have to be in the water, too. Isn't that the mirror? That's, you, you got that right. And, okay. And uh, be in touch with us so we can we will uh, be link with your with you. blog and uh, you know, share information together. Okay, thank you, and congratulations. I said, I've said i always said every baby and every child is a perfect human being, doctor. They oh, are perfect. Yeah. Let's oh, teach yes. them how to be natural. Yep, I agree. Okay, you, you have a special day, and stay well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Did you learn something? Every once in a while on my show, I'll say, oh, my gosh. Wow, and I learn a lot myself, and can, can we learn enough? Never, never. Please, I don't care who you are. You could be Einstein's child. You could be the most brilliant person in the world. Please, say there's so much to learn, and that's what this show is all about. Let's save a life together, and Anna and I. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only natural method of moisturizing the eye naturally. Because when your eyes are depleted of natural moisture caused by, from birth, that's the nature of the depletion of the eyesight, is natural water. Let's listen to our sponsor, Nature Steers Eye Mist with Just a Mist. And we'll be right back with Calvin Beisner. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today we have a very special guest, Calvin Beisner. And he's a Ph.D. author, and the special topic today is going to be very interesting because they're having the Global Warming Conference 
uh, going on as we speak with the nations getting together. And we're going to discuss global warming. Is it a man-made disaster or a natural process? Calvin, are you with us? I sure am. Thanks very much. And I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to tell your, your guests about the Cornwall Alliance and what we're doing in this area. Okay, now do you want us to call you a doctor, professor? <laughs> Cal is just fine. Okay, Cal. Well, Cal is a Ph.D., an author. So let's t- hear what you're, where you're coming from uh, about the global warming, and is it man-made or is it a natural process? Well, thanks very much. The, the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation, which is a network of theologians and pastors and other Christian leaders, as well as many scientists and economists and other, uh, other academic scholars. How long has that uh, been formed? How long uh, do you think they've been we, we were founded a little bit over four years ago, but actually uh, we were based on a document that a number of us uh, wrote back in West Cornwall, Connecticut in 1999, which is where we okay. get our name, Cornwall. So it's a very fa- fairly new uh, research group. Uh, yes, right. Uh, although most of us have been working in this field for many years, uh, mm-hmm. in my case, 20 years plus, mm-hmm. uh, and we work with scientists and economists who have been doing these things for 20, 30, 40 years. Now, have you been primarily in the United States, or have you been working with the rest of the world? Primarily in the United States. Now, what do you think about do... the conference starting today? Well, it's uh, it's obviously going to be a rather uh, exciting time. I'm going to be there myself starting okay. Friday morning. I arrive there. Okay. Uh, but, and then tell uh, our audience where that's going to be. That'll be in Copenhagen, Denmark. Okay. And uh, what what we have concluded from our studies. So is... you're going to be there on uh, Friday. Now, what is your topic? Are you going to be a member? Are you a member? Are you going to have any part of any committees? I'm what's called a non-governmental organization representative, and so I don't okay. have an official capacity okay. during the treaty negotiations. But you've been invited to be participating. Uh, yes, correct. Okay. And uh, we believe that climate change is largely natural, very, very little human influence on it, and therefore that the attempt to, uh, to control future temperatures by reducing uh, CO2 emissions mm-hmm. is actually going to be a waste because it'll cost trillions of dollars now, and I'm not have any significant impact Touched on, you've touched on something, Cal, that I'm very serious about, too. And I'm open-minded, like you, I'm sure, are. But really good research is all open-mindedness. Um, what, uh, can you imagine the money from grants and foundation money that has been spent oh, yes. to, yeah. uh, on climate change? Just now, I'm going to open up minutes. something. I am a little partial to my research, my research. <laughs> Is an under- now I need I don't know how old you are, but I am going to be 68 in January. So I've been uh, around I a little while. Okay. And I'm coming out of Oregon, but uh-huh. I have been around the world a little bit, and mm-hmm. I'm not a very smart person. I have to study every day to be even smart at all, smarter. Climate changes, the globe changes, life changes, the organisms oh, change. Now absolutely. tell us which, where you're coming from with this uh, uh, this natural change. Well, uh, the, the evidence is, I think, very, very clear, and we've explained this in a paper called A Renewed Call to Truth, Prudence, and Protection of the Poor that we have just put on our website, cornwallalliance.org. That's cornwallalliance.org. Mm-hmm. And this has chapters in it on theology, on science, and on economics, because they all tie together. 
And what we find is that the evidence is clear that the, the, the climate change is a natural process. It's happened all through the history of the Earth, and human impact has little to do with it at all. You know, um, you just mentioned something, Cal. I'm going to mention, I have to interrupt every once in a while. You might have opened up some thinking for me. In theology, way back in time, the books that were written and discussing uh, life on Earth and and um, and faith and Mm-hmm. And, and our planet, and and the water, the water, yes. um, and more. They would have more of an insight, it possibly, into science of climate than any book in the world. Absolutely, and science is really built on a Christian worldview and a biblical theological perspective. If you have a, a universe that is dominated by chance, you really can't have science. No. If you have a universe that is dominated by capricious like our spirits chance, right? and plants <laughs> and animals, you uh-huh. can't have science. You don't have predictability. Uh-huh. But if you have a universe that's designed by a rational God who makes it an orderly universe, then you can have science, and that's why science really developed in the West, where, where the world was most shaped by the Christian worldview. And the Bible tells well, us... Well, and they example, started where I'm coming from, too, is they started writing about it so far long ago in a, a mission to help all man and life on Earth to, to, to be here for eternity. That's correct, and and this is why science grew out of theological studies. You know, it used to be that uh, the, the various sciences were all uh, spoken of together as sciences. Theology was a science, and it mm-hmm. was the queen of the sciences. Mm-hmm. Philosophy was its handmaiden, and then the various different natural sciences all came Now, under when you those. talk about philosophy, that's a good one. When you say hand, uh, philosophy became theor- the theories, the evaluations. Yeah, well, philosophy can provide us with tools, the tools of logic, the tools of proper analysis and reasoned argument. There we go. Yeah, but you've got to have your starting points. You've got to have a starting point. what God tells us, and that doesn't come from philosophy. It's like, Cal, I used to say I used to carry home the books to study, but I carried books home also on top of the books I was going to study to study those books with other books. (laughs) Yes. um, I mean, uh, but back to your excitement of going to Copenhagen. Congratulations for working your way to be there and representing us. Well, now, you. what are you going to be? What is your? Are you going with other people? Uh, as far as Cornwall Alliance is concerned, I'm the only one who's going from that. But mm-hmm. there are others whom I know, mm-hmm. uh, scientists and economists and and uh, environmental scientists and the like. Now, do you have a yearly well. get together with certain ones that you get together with, or do you use the because of the internet today? You probably don't have to even have a getting together in person, but what do you do during the year to uh, be able to focus on these uh, events? Yeah, it's great to be in touch with people like that all the time through the Internet as well as by phone, but mostly mostly by email. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is how we work, is as a network of theologians, mm-hmm. pastors, scientists, and economists. And we bring our studies together, we, we evaluate the published studies, mm-hmm. and, and then we try to communicate the results of that work to the Christian public, especially mm-hmm. through our, our electronic newsletter that people can sign mm-hmm. up for at cornwallalliance.org. And through uh, a new declaration that we've just completed, an evangelical declaration on global warming mm-hmm. that says, in essence, that it is largely natural, not man-made, it's not going to be dangerous, and that it would be a terrible waste of trillions of dollars, very, very harmful, especially to the world's poorest people, to try to fight global warming. Well, you know, the first thing that came to my mind when I was listening to some of the uh, getting together in Copenhagen 
is that all of a sudden, it's kind of like what's happening with national health care. I'm wondering how much money did they spend to get to the national health care project? Yeah, I can give you an answer to that. Oh, what is it? The, the U.S. federal government alone has spent over $79 billion on research into so-called man-made climate change in about the last 15 years. So that, can you imagine the money they could put toward causes to oh, save yeah. people's lives with water? I you mean, I'm going to come along clean, with water. drinking water, with, with sewage sanitation, sanitation, with micronutrient supplements and food. Now, remember, that's grant money, foundation money, and that's yes. why they say some of those people have been earning up to a billion dollars. Yeah, and we have just discovered... Al Gore, they say, has earned about a billion dollars. I'm not sure if you've heard of Climate Gate or the, the now, uh, exposure... Now, I was going to bring that up. We've got about great... two, three minutes left. Climate Gate. Now, tell me about what the evaluation is there. Well, this has been the exposure of thousands of emails and hundreds of documents and computer programs out of the Climatic Research Unit at the University of East Anglia in England, Mm -hmm. showing that there has been doctoring of data, destruction of data, fabrication of data, uh, intentional mishandling of data. Can you imagine how much money they make, though, if they have a data? Can you imagine the money that is being spent toward the foundation and grant money and all the donations toward studying the nature of uh, global warming and those people getting rich? Yeah. Uh, they Gore, talk about, for example, I'm likely to be the first carbon billionaire in the world because he's invested in so many carbon trading and carbon uh, offsets. Uh, yeah, no, I have never thought of it. There are carbon billionaires. Oh, and, yes. you know, I'm looking at our, the world and how serious the whole wide the planet is trying to, to be healthy. And it's people taking advantage of a mission that is serious. Why can't we hit the eco-balance on that? Well, that's Um, what we aim for at the Cornwall Alliance, and I'd I'd really hope that your listeners will come to cornwallalliance.org and sign up for our newsletter. I think they'll find lots of helpful information in it. Okay. Now, when you go to Copenhagen, are you trying to get on some committees? Oh, no, I will not be on any committees. Are you going to try to get on some committees? No, uh, no, it's not my role. Uh, My role is more to be uh, an outside informer and to be speaking back to people here in the United States Mm -hmm. uh, from there and to be providing our research to Mm -hmm. representatives there at the conference. And, of course, uh, it's going to be very open-minded and giving people a chance to make up their own mind. On, You know, I've learned, um, Calvin, that... When you go down the middle, people can have a more open-mindedness to be smart about how the directions they want to go. Yeah, and, and you have to read both sides instead it, of just reading understand. only those who agree with you. Yeah, and you know, when I was a little girl way back, <laughs> when I wake up in the morning here in Oregon, there was almost always snow. We don't always get snow uh, every winter now in the, on the main la- on the valley floor. It's, the climate is changing, and but people change, too. Yeah. And climate change is nothing new. It's happened all through Earth's history, and there's no reason to think that the recent changes have been man-made. You know, the color of our skin was chosen because the climate and how it began each plays a place on Earth. Yeah. 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 Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, too. And and enjoy your uh, trip to Copenhagen to the Global Conference there, the Global Warming Conference. And I do agree with you. I think we should study more about the natural process of the climate change. And, and not hand over so much money to all these people and make them billionaires. That's right. Save a well, life. Thank you very much, Sharon. Thank you. You have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I have my opinions on ideas and outlooks, and I do tell you, I got to thinking about it this week too, is 
all the money they're spending on national health care. Look at the money that could have gone toward national health care to revise it and make it a better one. And and maybe let the states take a look at each state doing uh, a part of it and let the states participate uh, aggressively as a state. You know, our forefathers did something very fascinating to me. They turned the United States of America, and the rest of you of the world can hear this, into 50 states. I call them 50 little countries. And they gave them a chance to compete in, uh, in every, everything there was. I don't care if it's football, baseball, climate changes, uh, technology, uh, growing the foods, uh, different types of, of, of consciousness into economy. They competed with each other and became competition where the rest of the world says, I want to join in. Can we also be part of your 50 little states called countries and participate in your economy? And guess what happened? It thrived. We're real, it's a resilient. And we showed the rest of the world it could be done. Now, I'm saying that in Iraq, the marshlands are resurrecting Eden again. Uh, you know, let's do let's join and go and study with CBS television announced Iraq's marshlands resurrecting Eden. Do you know it said that Saddam Hussein didn't need to have weapons of mass destruction in 1991? He took the water away and killed a lot of people. They died because they didn't have the water. So stop and think about Kenya, our, our absolute migration of the largest migration of animals. Think about California, what the governor there is trying to do to survive the state without the water. It'll, it can dry up and blow away. Let's take water serious. Let's take our eyes serious. Because the eyes of the world are like the mirror. It's your health. I want to thank you for listening. Earth does have a secret. Embrace your life every moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Leave your footprint. Thank you for listening. Be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.